space-time, the ever-expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission, to locate every second, contemplate every eon, from outside time to the Big Bang, to the 20th century, to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Temporal Trek Podcast. We're in Season 3, Episode 68 of the podcast and Season 3, Episode 14 of Enterprise. And we're in the rest of stratagem we did a little bit last week now we're just doing this one uh and because of the star log entries that we did have last week and now this week and it's three days later and it all kind of works out we actually do have a timestamp, even though it's again not specifically said in what we're watching uh it is the 15th of december 2153 oh, so much easier when there's a day for it as well so we can work out so it's only been five days since uh, the first office christmas party as far as we can work out just trying to remember we're working in a time frame here so hopefully everyone's had their chance. Everyone's had their uh, their fill of crackers and uh, uh, pigs in blankets. Um, yeah, as always, uh, I'm not alone in this journey. I am joined by... You're joined by Dan. Um, one of the Dans. Uh, there's two Dans. Um, I don't know if we're ever going to make the third Dan, but we are two Dans. Well, Monday. One. Yeah, Monday. <laughs> but and in, while, while we haven't got a third Dan, we are... Dan! Dan! Yeah, uh, he is the Dan that I, I dragged in and uh, put some regular bloodworms in and <laughs> erased some memories to think that this was a good way of watching Star Trek. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've now put you in this simulator with me to watch Star Trek in complete yes, chronological indeed. order. Yeah. Um, so we're into the rest of Stratagem. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. No worries. Yeah. We're into the rest of Stratagem. Uh, thoughts on this episode specifically? I know we've already covered a little bit last week, but just just this episode when it first came out. Any memories? Did it stick with you? Um, I don't think it stuck with me particularly. No, but I do remember when I come back to watch it. I remember it. Although again, mm. a bit like last week, I don't remember the details. But to be honest with you, I watched it this morning and I don't remember the details. So <laughs> that's no great surprise. <laughs> Maybe yeah, maybe you have had your memories erased. You never yeah, know. I think I might have done that, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I seem to remember uh first watching it and I seem to remember it being there in the ba- banks that the archer is with Degra and they build a trust over this moment. But I think having watched the last two and a half years, I then just thought, Oh, he got captured and he made an escape with Degra mm. and Degra got framed for something because the test didn't work. Like this was happening now. And even Degra was aware of it and they'd spent three days and became friends. I completely blanked on the whole three years later ploy yeah. that they were doing. And the the really horrible thing they're doing to this person. I know Degra has built a weapon that's killed 7 million people, but still they are torturing him by making him doubt everything about his existence and that's that's a long way to go um and i just completely forgot that bit um and where they say it's three years later i think i probably conflated it with the temporal cold war and thought maybe there was Mm. something timey-wimey going on at the time uh but now watching it through yeah of course it's yeah they just put him in a simulator and that's it that's all they did um yeah 
Uh, well, we're with Stratagem. Uh, we watch uh, with our L cars system, and L is for locating the point in time. So we are going from temporal tag, zero minutes, zero seconds, as Degra wakes up uh, to an old-looking archer who's clearly been through three years of torture because he's got a lot of grey hair. Um, yeah. The shuttle is under attack. Its insectoids are attacking. It's been years since they've taken orders from him. Um I learned this trick about sort of venting plasma, he says, and vent some plasma to take out the ships when Degra doesn't really help him with the weapons. And I kind of felt like he should have said when I was on a prison transport uh, going to this planet called Kanama, because it's exactly the same trick. <laughs> I just kind of feel like that would have just been a nice little throw in there. Um yeah. You know, Archer has this happen all the time. He was clearly abducted. It's an Archer abduction that never happened. Yes. But he's yes. so good at being abducted that he knows how to play being abducted. He does. So, yep. There we go. Uh, so, I mean, don't really count it as an Archer abduction because he's abducted himself. He's so used yes. to it. He's so yeah. so ingrained. <laughs> Is that yeah, the... Sort of Stockhouse. Stockhouse. Stock, yeah, Stockhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Stockhouse yeah. syndrome. Yeah. He just loves being it. So he just wants to play act the being uh, abducted all the time and then making a daring escape. Archer plays along with everything. Uh, Degra can't remember, uh, but uh, Degra still distrusts him because obviously to him, it was only five minutes ago that they were enemies. Uh, apparently it's been three years. The human Zindi conflict was over, but then the old rivalry started to surface as Archer pilots them to an isolated system. Roll credits. Yes. Any thoughts on the cold open? Was it an interesting sort of opening yeah. to this? Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, because at this mm. point you don't know for sure. You know, and it, we've had a few time jumps already, haven't we? Where, like, with um, the really good one that you forced me to watch really weirdly, um, <laughs> with Twilight, Twilight. <laughs> yeah, and there's still more to come, yeah, indeed. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's plausible, yeah, who knows? Who knows what's going yeah. happening, yeah. I think then, now yeah. that we've watched the other scene as well, you're aware of what's actually going on, yeah. Did that change how you viewed that opener? Yeah, I suppose it does really because you know what's happening, you know. Mm. So, so yeah, it does. When, when this was first aired, you wouldn't know for sure, would you? I quite like it as an opening. It's, it's a much more sort of intriguing one than last week. Last week yes. was a bit. Hmm. Yeah, but this has definitely got you know. You think, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Well, with with last week, uh, you know, we said that it kind of ruined the reveal of who saved them from the the tachyon field or the, mm. the anomaly field. Um, so this one, it does ruin the fact that it is just a simulator, but it's the temporal trick way of doing it. We had to watch it, but if you're just watching this episode, you would have no idea. Um, yeah. Uh, coming back at five minutes, 14 seconds, uh, the, um, overgrown grasshoppers have been attacking them. As Archer says, the insectoids, um, they're no longer your people. You haven't called them that for years. Uh, Archer blames the bloodworms for the problem yeah. and says that, that they have a truth serum and there's a memory blocker. All the stuff that um, Flox has just told him about two days ago, he's worked it into the story. Um, he says that insectoids want info on the weapon because they want to have their own weapon. Although in his own story, they said that they constructed a massive fleet that had somehow destabilized the entire Zindi Alliance. So do they need a weapon? <laughs> Would Dagra just say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, this is clearly a lie. Like, if they've got the ships, why do they need the weapon? Um, yeah. Uh, just any thoughts on on the gambit? Yeah. Is it a convincing enough story? Um, yes-ish. 
to be fair to me, it's not bad for two days preparation. Yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah. Having tried to write scripts and things like that, to do it in two days with very little information and mm. Hosey was able to pull just a little bit of information out of what was left of their data banks. It's pretty good going. Um, yeah. Uh, we find out that uh, Greylick was executed in this story. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't be too happy about that if he found out that they'd written that in the script. Um, no. It's like, yeah, you bastard, Archie. You killed me off in your fantasy. Yeah. Um, weeks uh, later, the weapon was launched. Earth was destroyed. So they both lost. Uh, and then we find that there is a, a worm inside his system and he wants Archer to cut it out. A little bit of you know, gross body horror sort of stuff. Yeah. Did you appreciate that? Was it a bit too much, do you think? No, I quite like that. I like a bit of uh, a bit of grossness once in a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not a sort of uh, that doesn't bother me, that sort of thing. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not bothered about that. Yeah, I think uh, it's a nice thing. It's a believable thing if you've it got is, worm. Yeah, in I you mean that's very he's... convincing, isn't it? If you're like, yeah. wow, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's also fortunate that the Zindi don't have the major arteries where he cut him because otherwise he probably would have just let him out and that's it. He's, he yeah. bleeds to death on the in the simulator. Um, so good thing, uh, no no same capillaries between the two species. Okay. Um, uh, he said that uh, they were forced to fight in a pit and there's lots of talk about, you know, this is a Malosian cargo shuttle. It kept on coming in. We kind of learned our way and, you know, it didn't happen all at once. Uh, and that all of this sort of came together. Now it, it is all one big giant story. And you said, yeah, it's very impressive for a lot of things, but do you feel like he's just pulling from his own experiences at this point? He's just like, yeah, I was made to fight some, <laughs> yeah. someone that time. I, I guess he is. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like a flashback show, and it? it's like a, a clip show. <laughs> that would have been great. Have it as a. It's actually him who's the tortured one. Daygrave, yeah, it doesn't really matter. We'll find out about the weapon later. <laughs> Just like yeah, there was that one time where I was kidnapped by a guy who I used to work with in another show. He was a hologram. Yeah, crazy. Um, Daygrave then talks about the, the council and the fact that he was ordered to do it. He was ordered to make the weapon. He didn't choose to. He was told to. So he was following orders. Now, that's a huge sort of, I was only following orders, Nuremberg trials post-World War II, Nazis. Uh, just any thoughts on that? Do, do you feel like that's enough to redeem this man who has made a weapon that intentionally killed 7 million people? No, it's not. Because you're right, it's the whole, you know, following orders. For the people who are capable of such horrors when they've been told by someone else to do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've never been in the army or anything like that. I've never been in a sort of, you know, the nearest I got to was a scout, I think. Mm. And um, I don't think it's enough. I don't think, no, you know, following orders... No, maybe mm. I'm being simplistic. I don't know because I've never been in that position. But you know, you've killed seven million. You know, and and there's all that argument. That, okay, they're not Zindi, yeah. And you know, like we're able to kill millions of cows every year from meat and stuff. You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. so there's you know there's all that sort of stuff. And but no, I don't think it's enough. I think I think by the end of the the season. He's gone some way to redeem himself, but seven million people have died, mm. and he was directly responsible for that. Mm. And you know, he talks about I have children, so I was thinking, you know, yeah. was it children after the fact? But 
the fact it didn't occur to someone who is clearly one of the smartest in his species to come up with this weapon idea and and how to build it um it seems odd and it's not like from what we know limited of what we know from the zindi species that they're an innocent species who've never done something like this before you know the reptilians and the insectoids destroyed their own planet to in their own wars so they're not strangers to conflict that this was the first time they'd ever done something so horrific and Mm. it just didn't seem real it's something that's peppered throughout their history they know full well about um uh, obliterating millions of people so he's not exactly an innocent um in this um, if he was forced at gunpoint, perhaps, and then yep. if he'd explained that actually they would have killed me or killed my family, and maybe yep. that might have been just a bit more. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing and a, a good historical parallel. You know, we we know people in our own history yep. who Degra could be. Yep. Um, the uh, let's talk of a, a red giant and a colony. So perhaps this could be where the weapon really is being made. Uh, a bulkhead blows just at a very opportune time when Dagra is questioning him. Very, very good. Um, Dagra saves Archer, however, because he gives him the little breathing mask to yes. save his life after yes. he sealed it, uh, trying to engender some sort of trust, that sort of thing. Um, uh, when uh, asleep, Archer wakes and injects Dagra with something and then uh, goes over to the controls and, and signals to pole. Apparently he calls out to pole and we see to pole's hand at the controls at 15 minutes, 57 seconds. Again, thinking of this episode, if you weren't watching it in a temporal trek way, did you feel like this was up to this point? They'd been convincing enough that this was a separate timeline or three years in the future. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think they've done a pretty good job of that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Archer emerges from the pod. Uh, they now know that Degra is the one who not only is testing the weapon, but made it in the first place. Uh, all to the point where Trip was almost ready to run into the simulator and beat him to a pulp, I think, the way he was talking about yeah, it. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Ops Rimmer managed to narrow it down to three red suns. It could be any one of those three. Fortunately, there's only three red suns in the entire expanse, which takes months to traverse. There we go. Um Give him some Andorian <laughs> ale, Trip says. Now that yeah. probably uh, that probably ruined the illusion, wouldn't it? Uh, where did you get this Andorian ale all of a sudden? Um, and we stop at seventeen minutes fifteen seconds. We go back to the scene we watched last week, and we come back twenty three minutes forty eight seconds. So pretty much most of the episode is gone by now. Uh, Degra wakes up again. We now see the you know how things are working outside. You see the hydraulic system, uh, you know, hard to the left. You know, we get the Star Trek shaking and we see yeah. how it works. It's sort of like a meta commentary on what yeah, Star Trek that's does. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. Um, just just any thoughts on, you know, <laughs> the, the, they've got a plasma screen as a they have. In, yeah, on that, the window. <laughs> yeah. That seemed very cheap to me. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> the Enterprise ran out of budget. Like yeah. I don't know. I can't figure out any other way of projecting yeah. this thing onto a screen. Yeah. Um yeah, a- any thoughts on plasma screen? Was it a you know uh you know uh Lenovo was it LG was it a, uh, <laughs> yes right Toshiba yeah. Uh, yeah. who knows do you know right I'm going to tell you something about our television mm-hmm. um, for some bizarre reason it has a timer thing on it so every sort of two or three hours mm. it comes up and says I'm going to turn off in 50 seconds oh and it's really annoying <laughs> so I have like images of that happening and then some like Ensign Pooper Scooper is <laughs> be there just in case so he, so he has to press the button really quick so it doesn't go off yeah. it's really annoying yeah it could well be yeah i mean 
I mean, they've got it on rolling feed, so maybe just, you know, uh, Timmy or Trip are just pressing the button to keep it refreshed, to keep it going. But does that mean that the Star Trek universe is in SD and not HD? Uh, okay. Because that is an old school plasma screen TV. That is, is. not your latest uh, high fancy falutin stuff. So there's nothing's in 4K in the Star Trek universe. So there we go. No, clearly not. Um, there we go. <laughs> just to find out. Yeah. In their reality, it's all SD. Um, Archer. Uh, we won't have enough fuel. We need a specific uh, coordinates. Yes. So we need to find out where we're going. Um, yeah, this is where so... it starts to fall down for me. Yeah. Because it feels like he's pushing at this point. And I understand yeah. why he's pushing at this point because oh, you know, they're running out yeah. of time and stuff. But if I was Degra, I mean, it's, you know, it's difficult, isn't it? Because, as you say, he wakes up and suddenly he's allies with Archer and he's on a ship and it's all, you know, he doesn't where he doesn't know where he is and stuff. And then Archer's starting to go, well, where's, where's you know, where's the coordinates? Send me to, you know. And it, I think I would be, yeah, I would be the same as Degra at this point. I'd be thinking, mm, mm. I don't know, this is... It's too odd. much. Yeah, too much, yeah. But then he's got no mm. choice, has he? He's got to get it done quickly. Very true. You know, he's already... They've already been lost. So they've lost. Degra's been been gone from Zindi contact for two days. Yeah. That's quite a long time for the guy that's designing your weapon. <laughs> to have disappeared. You know? yeah. yeah. And, you know, when we were saying last week, why did he go back? Like, yeah, what exactly. was the reason? So, yeah. you know, uh, Enterprise doesn't know how long until yeah. the Zindi will show up again. Yeah. Um, as they probably will do in a moment. Um why was the enterprise staying there is actually my best note at this point, because if they've captured him, get out of system where there's no radiation that's affecting your systems, which has already been established, um, you know, fly away, hide behind a moon because that works and come back a little bit later and drop him back off again. Um, you know, if the Zindi do turn up looking for him, they're just going to find empty place. Oh, he must've left. He must've gone home and he hasn't told us. Um, yeah, just it's very strange um, mm. wh- why they didn't bother to do that. Um, they bond over a bit of alcohol as yeah. Archer talks about some mythical planet, Marek 3. I, I tried to do a little bit of uh, memory oh. alpha di- deep diving yeah. and stuff like that. The, no one's made an entry about it. So whether it's a, a planet that got mentioned earlier in the last two and a half years and we've just forgotten about it, but apparently it's got long beaches. Again, yes. I was thinking maybe he's just pulling on previous conversations that we never saw on screen. But from other times he got abducted, maybe. Um, but why did he didn't he didn't call it Urquat? You know, it was a lovely city. Ah. Trying to make um, <laughs> extinction matter. Just saying, why make up a complete planet when you could have talked about a city that you know in detail when you were a monkey man, Archer? Remember? <laughs> just, just saying. You're obsessed. Just to, mate. You're obsessed. Trying to make that forty-five minutes of my life worth something um Degra talks about family um archer never had a family uh didn't have time um yep. uh, yeah it, he's then talking about how um i had the reports coming in about seven million people and archer sort of has his head in his hand he's sort of like scraping his head and sort of he doesn't want to hear this because he's actually talking and it seems to affect him more than it affects degra uh, but Degra never notices. Degra's just too busy swigging and telling about his woes. Uh, and I was just thinking about that moment, if if you had anything to say about that bit, that it, it clearly affects him. Yeah, it does. I mean, I think this is, again, we're sort of going back to that idea of, you know, he, 
Degra's a Zindi. Mm. And Zindi are important. But to Zindi, humans aren't quite so important. So they're able to sort of disconnect. Mm. So he's talking about seven million people in a sort of in a slightly sort of disconnected way. Mm. But Arch, obviously, for him, you know, it's it's close to the bone to say the least. Mm. And it yeah, shows that very well. It almost gave the game away in that, you know, the, the, it's still fresh three years on. Uh, you know, if, if Degra had just turned to the side and seen that mm. he was really getting to him, um, it could have gone sideways. Mm. You know, Archer could have lost his temper, yeah. as yeah. we know he does, because he does have violent mood swings sometimes. He does. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, there's a hail from this Dalen character who seems to know Degra, and it's actually Hoshi with a little voice changer yes. talking about Azati Frame. Yeah. Um, bit dangerous sort of talking about uh, so using a character that he would have known yeah thinking all right maybe it will engender some sort of trust and he'll say something straight away but why not just have another zindi official mm. who's in charge yeah. of this azati prime place um so that there's no chance of them slipping up well exactly how do they know what his voice sounded like exactly yeah yeah so yes a very selective purging of the database. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah. 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 We'll give you all of the voice prints. We'll give you names. Yeah. We'll give you ranks. We'll give yeah. you locations, uh, but we won't tell you anything else. Not about this weapon, at least. Mm. Um, Dagra inputs the coordinates, but locks it in. So he thinks that it's completely hidden, but of course, outside, they know all about it, but it's three weeks away. Yes. We're getting a bit of a riser situation from season one. <laughs> We've got three weeks to get somewhere, and that didn't work out too well for us last time. We didn't enjoy ourselves. Are we going to be going to a desert planet to go and play yep. some random sport? Yes, and meet, indeed. Um, yeah. Meet some more terrorists? Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I'm getting flashbacks. Um, port hydraulics start to play up as the radiation is affecting their systems, and so the ruse is sort of starting to fall apart. Degra sees a flashing little insectoid screen as the plasma screen TV breaks, as we all know, back in 2003, very easy to do. Um, (laughs) I went through quite a few plasma screen TVs back then. Um, uh, uh, Degra attacks him with a knife and the Mako's come in, wrestle him to the ground, you know, sort of uh, thing. So at least the Mako's got to do something this this week. They're becoming the the Timmy of uh, other parts of Starfleet, aren't they? They are, yeah. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Major Hayes, even more so. He wasn't even there. <laughs> he's still not there. No. Why is not Major Hayes? What's he doing this week? It's time to find the Makos. It's time to find Zindi. It's all gonna happen here in season three. It's time to find the leader. They haven't got a leader with the most sensational confrontational operational it is time to ask us where is Hayes what's he doing this week come on I don't know Um, they had the Christmas party yeah they had the Christmas party yeah so he can't have another Christmas party I don't think no it's the 15th of December so it's not even Christmas day exactly yeah um I honestly can't think um I don't know what when does uh, when does um uh Hanukkah start Ah, okay. Yeah. Maybe be. he's got other religious festivals is what I'm thinking. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So, maybe. Well, I think uh, he might just be in the gym. Because <laughs> just, he just, just buff. Just... To, yeah. <laughs> he really wants to sort read out. <laughs> he's just, that's what he's doing. He's like, he's in sort of rocky um, training camp. 
Mm-hmm. He's been locked in the in the in the uh, gym for three weeks. <laughs> he was locked in. Maybe he's just yes. been stuck Maybe there. Yeah, and no one bothered checking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Has <laughs> anyone seen the haze? No, no. no. It was Reed right. who did it. Reed was the yeah. one who locked him in and doesn't yeah. tell anybody. Again, like you said last week, you know, doesn't tell people he has the information, but doesn't bring it up till it's absolutely yeah. critical. Oh, that's so believable. I want that to be like there was a whole kind of you know a Wiley Coyote Roadrunner situation between Reed and Hayes, and they're just constantly trying to one up each other. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, in the brig, uh, there's a, a com signal was the first error, but mm. watching it back. Dagris seemed to really believe it. I don't. I, I didn't so. get that impression that he was like. Yeah. Yeah, normally, we would see something like that. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think it was the blinking screen. Yeah, that's what got him. But yeah. I'm wondering whether he's lying to Archer, trying not to give away how it worked last time, so that if they try it again, yeah, yeah he doesn't give it up. Basically, um, I gave you what I thought you wanted, uh, and it's really vile, really like. Yeah, I told you what I wanted. So it kind of undo undoes anything that mm. you know we thought nicely about Degra. He is really horrible. He, he's he's a military man and was yeah. tactically plotting. Um, or do you feel like he's just saying that just because he's? I think it's a double bluff. Mm-hmm. He knows he's fucked up. He knows that he's given them a thing and 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 he's trying to put them off the scent. Mm. Yeah, so I think he knows. And then we get. A whole new thing. The Enterprise is going to try and use the vortices, yeah. we think. And yes. now the episode tries to play the same trick on the audience, us watching it. Yeah, I really like this. Yeah. It really drew me in, actually. Mm-hmm. I was, I, I, that didn't occur to me at all while I was watching it. So I really liked that. I thought it was good. I mean, it was, it was a sort of, to, to, last week we were talking about um, uh, heists. Mm-hmm. And it's a real sort of classic double bluff heist move isn't it yeah you know so i really like that yeah i thought it was cool yeah it's it was believable enough that because we just had a talk in the ops room i want to see all the information we've got on these water seas and then it suddenly cuts to ship is shaking we're trying to go through it's entirely believable that they are going to try and use this and try and get to azati prime uh they bring them into the engine room Again, they bring all three of them yes. into one of the most sensitive places yeah. on the ship, having just two weeks later or earlier had a load of religious fanatics sitting on there with bombs in their chest. <laughs> they just needed Degra. They just needed Degra. Um, Archer threatens Degra. Um, uh, he says, Travis, don't know who he is, uh, invo- in- inverted the warp field and saved them anyway. We didn't need you. That's fine. So whoever Travis is, yeah. he sounds like a top bloke. Good work, uh, Travis, yeah. I reckon he could probably teach Timmy a few things. Um, but uh, they get to the bridge. Everything's sort of sparking and they've got a lot of rocks falling from everywhere, even though it's a spaceship. Um, and they've reached a red giant on the screen. Yeah. It's like we've found Azati Prime. Uh, the lights are low. There's smoke everywhere as Degra loses his temper and says, you will fail. We'll kill you. It's, uh, you know, all this sort of stuff. You'll never find the weapon. Only for Archer to kind of cockily sling back, just like he did last week with the Andorians and say, oh, thanks very much. Show him. And then it turns out it was all a simulation all over again. And it's off to Azati Prime, our new yes. mission to find yes. the weapon in three weeks time. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. It's a good thing they're not going to launch that weapon at, like tomorrow, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. God, it's taken so long. Like I say, 
April was the last time we had an actual date in 2153 mentioned. It's now December. It's been an entire year and they still haven't launched a weapon. Very lucky. <laughs> uh, they leave Degra unconscious in the ship at 41 minutes and 49 seconds at the end of the episode. Uh, so any thoughts on stratagem as is? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I would have liked a bit of explanation to how it all happened. But, you know, that's Temple Trek for you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's so easy to forget what happened last week or three days ago, however it works. Um, yeah. Uh, it's believable. And I think, like yeah. you said, the heist element of it is, is way more enjoyable here than I think it was last week. Yeah. Um, it made more sense. I don't know about you. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was a good episode. Yeah. Okay, then. Well, that is locate the point in time. Nice, quick, and simple. Yeah, that was easy one, wasn't it? Yeah, very easy. Uh, Two episodes done back to back. Um, Right, so we move on to the C in Elkars, which is consequences. Question whether it addresses the consequences. The concept of learning from one's mistakes shouldn't be difficult for a Vulcan of your wisdom to understand, Ambassador. I don't wish to contradict Captain Archer. But learning from one's mistakes is hardly exclusive to humans. What are the consequences? <laughs> oh, I could put that in. I'll, I'll keep that little audio. It's like consequences, consequences, consequences. Um, yeah, what are the consequences from this week? Well, they're on they're on the right track, seemingly. Mm-hmm. So it's a big turn. It's it's from memory. It's the beginning, really, the beginning of the real. I mean, proving ground was to a degree last week, I think, but. This is the real beginning of the arc that we mm. were promised for a whole season that mm-hmm. bizarrely hasn't happened, <laughs> despite my best <laughs> my memories of it of being a whole season. <laughs> and still won't happen for another three weeks. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because what's next week? I can't even remember what next week is. Uh, next week is, uh, just got it on my next page of notes, Harbinger. Harbinger. Any thoughts? No, not a clue. Yep, fair enough. I'll come up to that in a bit when we do the setup. Um, but uh, yeah, it's the next two episodes as they make their way to um, Azati Prime have things to do with the expanse story in the arc. But if they never happened, you wouldn't really matter, yeah. I guess. Um, I suppose you, you'd find out some more bits and pieces, I guess. But there you go. Um, treatment of prisoners. You yeah. know, rules. Um, yeah. Again, sort of consequence from last week, but still carrying over into this week. Um, uh, how far do you go to try and find a weapon? But admittedly, seven million people have been killed. Is the torture of one an allowed possibility? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a moral question, a moral consequence, I suppose, from this episode is like, yeah. how far yeah. are you willing to go? Um, and I think that's something that will play later on as we go through the. Um, the arc um just any other thoughts on on that do you think it's it was enough do you think like there should have been more in that consequence if that was the thrust of this story i don't know no really, i mean i think go on no one questions it no but i suppose i mean it is it's it's deceitful hmm. i don't know that it's sort of torture or anything like that it's, you know it's yeah I think it's acceptable in the situation yeah. they're in. I think it's acceptable. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Cause they're, 
they're they're putting things in his body that he didn't yeah, you know, consent yeah. to, I suppose. Yeah. Um, you know, and when you think of flocks and medical ethics and not doing to something to a patient, as we've discussed yeah. in the past, without their consent, and yet he's just putting in some blood worms. Admittedly, they're not harmful, but no. it's put into yeah. him without asking. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a difficult one. I feel like maybe someone on the crew should have raised a moral eyebrow yeah. um or, or had archer m- raise the moral eyebrow and have someone like i don't know hayes turn up and say this is a military prisoner we can treat him however we want and even reed you know yeah. begrudgingly accepts that advice as well um yeah i just feel like there could have been a bit more of a star trekky question as to whether this is the right course of action mm. Only to have to poll say, look, there is literally no other logical way we're going to find out about this. Yeah. We need to trick him in some way, and it's the only way. Um, you know, I can't mind meld with him or, or do anything to get the information out of him. That's that's not possible. So yeah, um, so yeah, treatment of prisoners and a new mission. Uh, we go to alterations expansions next. Um, anything you would like to see come back to? Um, you know, do you feel like they've done enough with Degra that? when he does come back and he will come back later that you want to see more of him. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking that when I was watching it this morning, I think he was, it's a really good performance. Mm, mm. I really liked him as an actor. I think, I think he'd done a really, that whole, that bit in the, in the shuttlecraft is very believable. You know, he's confused, but he's sort of, I think at some points he's feeling maybe this is true. But then he's sort of not quite sure, and I think that that comes across really well. So I think that was a—I like him as a character. I like mm. him a lot. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad he comes back. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think it's a really good performance. Yeah, and it's you know it, there's a reason why that character comes back because he is in charge of the weapon, but also we've learned enough about him and we've already seen from previous council scenes that he has something against reptilians and the insectoids who seem so bent on domination and war. Um, So it's a believable character. And and yeah, like you, I really enjoy the performance um, certainly in this episode. Um, After that, we go to the pirate criteria. It's recommendations. Arg, mimates. What did you think of the story? From my perspective. That's one way of looking at it. I'm going to recommend Arg, mimates. Do we recommend to Star Trek fans? I'm going to say yes, do they? Mm-hmm. It does, I mean, again, we've got the same old problem. It, it does need background, it, you know. But I think it's a pretty good episode. I quite enjoy it. Mm. So, yeah, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it's got that thing. It is part of the arc, so should you judge it away from the arc? But if you knew that there was a weapon out there and they needed yeah. to have a subterfuge to try and torture him for the information, but yeah. without torturing him, it's a really clever way of doing it. Um, is it? Yeah. I mean, again, I don't want to sound like one of those people on online who always say, "Oh, it's not Star Trek. It's too dark." Um, but is it Star Trekky enough? Is it quite? A departure like could you see the enterprise d crew doing this to somebody put him in a, a holodeck you know put a bunch of worms in his in his body to interrogate him for the information do you feel like it is star trek in that regard i think you have to take into account the situation mm-hmm. and i think yes i think Riker 
or, or, or even Picard would do that if they were, yeah. you know, if it was, if it was, you know, I mean, in a way, I suppose you could say, look at what, what Riker does at the end of Best of Both Worlds Part One. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's going to kill Picard. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, and it, you know, he would never dream of doing that in any normal situation. And I don't think Archer, I think if you look at Archer in season one and two, he's a very different person. Mm. Maybe a bit too different. Maybe they, you know, they leapt a bit with his character, but, yeah. you know, equally, you know, he's, he's got the fate of the world in his hands. I mean, mm. he's not bound by the same thing. rules. No. And yeah, exactly. He hasn't got the prime directive. He hasn't got, you know, that sort of development of, of, of uh, Federation ethics over two or 300 years or whatever it is between the two of them. Mm. So, you know, he's working in a different way, but I, so yeah, I think, I think anyone would do the same. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, again, I think if you look at maybe DS Nine, I'm trying yeah. to think, but there's there were some questionable actions, <laughs> you know, in in the in the in the Dominion War. True, you know, and it was a similar situation. So I think, yeah, I think it's, it, yeah, no, I think it's it is Star Trekky. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and in fact, in some ways, maybe it is. It's a good Star Trek solution. You know, how do you? How do you get this information without resorting to some kind of manipulation or truth drug or whatever you, you know, mm. this is actually, a, I think a reasonably ethical way of doing it. You know, there, yeah. there are ethical issues definitely, yeah. you know, but it, there's a lot worse things you could do. Mm. Look at yeah. what Shran does to um, Sarek. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, when they're, they're going to be torturing him for information next season. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, still a recommendation from me as well on that one. So to non-Star Trek fans, is it enough? Is it interesting to bring in new people? Not quite, no. I mean, it's an enjoyable episode, but, uh, you, again, you need too much. I think if you're a Star Trek fan, you've probably got an idea about Enterprise, at least the sort of, you know, mm. but... A non-Star Trek fan, I think you just need enough around it to understand, you know, why this is happening. Yeah. Did you feel that watching it in the Temple Trek way, the episode works better? Like if you see that they came across him, this is what they're going to do, and then you find it. Because if you came in cold in that first few seconds, like who the hell is this? Where's where's Star Trek? Where's the Enterprise? Where's you know? They would have no idea. No, I think it's better without mm -hmm. the way we watched it. Because mm -hmm. that that the the we're taken in by that that pretense as well, yes. And in some ways, knowing what's it, it not ruins it by any means, but it it takes away that you know what's going on here. Mm -hmm. So I think actually the the best way to watch it is the way it was written. Yep, but, which is you know, probably what we're going to say about all things on yeah, Temple exactly, Trek. Yeah. But there you go. Yeah, <laughs> certainly Twilight, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yes, no, I completely agree. It, it it's not enough. There is a lot of questions. Um, but if you were going on performances, perhaps you know the actors' performances yeah. that could be quite interesting. Very good. Yeah, um, it, it's proof that you know Star Trek can hit some pretty deep nerves sometimes. Um, so uh, all that remains is to set up. That's the last of our criteria. So we set up for the next time, but we start with socials. Where can people find you, Dan? Temple Trek forty seven on Twitter. Do 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 do. 
Okay. Oh, now I need to find a bit of music, and I'm going to just put that in. Um, yes, yep, yeah, and we're obviously wherever you find us on socials as Temple Trek Podcast. And uh, yeah, there we go. Right, all it remains is to set up for the next week's episode. Join us next time for season three, episode sixty-nine of the podcast, and season three, episode fifteen of Enterprise Harbinger. Uh, but we're going to be starting at one minute thirty-one seconds oh. after a very hefty recap previously on Enterprise. It takes one minute and thirty-one seconds to get there. Wow! As Trip has some feet in his hands. Oh no! Oh dear! We're, we're starting this episode there again. Oh, uh, as always thank you for listening and i guess we're going to have to join you in the next time stream oh no yeah we are sorry about that everyone i hope you've enjoyed the show please remember to like subscribe and review wherever you listen to it if you would like to be a guest in the future or give feedback you can contact me by either searching for the temple trick podcast facebook page or find me on twitter at rider underscore coattail also search the temple trick podcast you can also find me on instagram at Daniel underscore Hitch underscore writer. Scripted elements of the show are a work of pure fan fiction, and any views and opinions expressed in the episode discussions are my own or that of the guest. They do not reflect the rights holders of Star Trek. Any Star Trek sound effects or music are used under the terms of fair use and are not my own work. The intro music, Birthright by Audio Binger, is royalty free from the Free Music Archive. Check out their work and others at freemusicarchive.com. The Temple Trek is a free podcast with no Patreon or sponsorship. However, if you would like to support the show, you can find my books by searching Daniel Peter Hitch on Amazon. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next time stream.